First, uh, as we enter into this first uh, this season of Lent, this first Sunday in Lent, we'll get to hear from Jennifer Cronk, the Minister of Children and Families, as she brings us the children's sermon. Hey, are you afraid of the dark? Me too. We better turn a light on. Well, guys, our story this week is about someone who wasn't afraid of the dark. He was actually afraid of the light. So his name is Nicodemus, and his story is found in the book of John, chapter 3. So our friend Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. And that's kind of strange. We don't usually go visit people in the middle of the night, do we? But he had a reason for coming in the night. Nicodemus was a leader in the church. And at the church at Jesus' time, he wasn't very popular. In fact, they were very jealous of him, and they were threatened. means they were scared that he was going to try to take their positions and their power away. So he was very unpopular with the leaders in the church. So Nicodemus had heard the things that Jesus taught, and he was starting to get really interested. Jesus said some really amazing things. And so he goes to Jesus in the middle of the night when it's covered with darkness. And he says, Jesus, I have questions for you. Help me to understand. So he starts to ask Jesus some questions. And Jesus gives him some really strange answers that he doesn't understand at all. And Pastor Drew is going to talk more about that. But at the end of their conversation, Jesus says something really interesting. He says, the son of man will be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. He was talking to Nicodemus about eternal life. And he said, there's one way to get there. And that's through the son of man. Well, the son of man was Jesus. So, you know, we're, we're talking about light and darkness and Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the dark and Jesus talks to him about light. It reminds me a couple chapters earlier um, in the first chapter of John. So verse 9 says this, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So who do you think that's talking about there? Who is the he? That's right, it's Jesus. So Nicodemus, who's afraid of the light, comes to Jesus, who is the light of the world. And Jesus is shining light on these places of confusion for Nicodemus. He's saying, I'm going to help you to understand these deep things of God because I want you to have eternal life. And that can only come through me. Well, darkness does a lot of things. Besides being scary, it makes it hard to see. Have you ever gone in the bathroom to try to get something out of your teeth or try to get something off your face and you didn't turn the lights on and it was dark? It made it really hard to see, didn't it? You couldn't do anything. You couldn't see yourself clearly. But when the light comes on, then we can see ourselves to start to remove that thing. And so Jesus is like that in our lives. The more that we begin to spend time with him, the more we know him, he helps us to see ourselves and other people and even God 
more clearly. He helps us to understand and to see more clearly. He is, after all, the light of the world. And so this conversation that's happening between Nicodemus and Jesus, basically Jesus is coming to shine his light in Nicodemus's heart, to help him to see himself more clearly, to help him to see others more clearly, and to help him to see God more clearly. So that's our story for the week. Pastor Drew is going to talk a little bit more about this story because there's a lot of interesting things. And Jesus, like I told you, does say some some really wild things here. Um, But that's what I want you to remember is that Jesus helps us to see clearly because he is the light of the world. So if there's ever anything that you don't understand about God, about yourself or someone else, that's a great opportunity to pray and to ask Jesus who is the light of the world, to help you to see and understand more clearly. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Jennifer. And and indeed, Jesus does help us to see God more clearly. And in this uh, Lenten season, we're going to be journeying with him in a sermon series that we've called Face to Face, Jesus face to face because Jesus is God in the flesh. So when we see clearly Jesus, we see God. And this this season of Lent that the the church has practiced uh, throughout um, the ages and and around the world even today is this uh, five weeks of preparation uh, for the the, the celebration um, of Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, uh, we, we want to know how do we apply that most meaningful event in Jesus' life, his, his death and resurrection, how do we apply that in our lives? Because we, we believe it's, it is by his death and resurrection that, that sin is conquered, that, that sin is, is, is forgiven, that uh, death is defeated. So that it's by Jesus' death and his resurrection that we can have a face-to-face relationship with God. That we can see God clearly. And that um, and we believe that God wants that. That's why he sent Jesus. He, he wants to be in that face-to-face, honest relationship with you, with, with me, with, with us, with his, with his creation. Um, we... If we'd had this series uh, 18 months ago, we, we could have called it Jesus Unmasked. Today, it just doesn't work. Way too many unintended meanings, if you call it that. Uh, but, but by masks, 18 months ago, we would have understood. We would have re- recognized that, that was metaphorical. I'm afraid today we have way too many visuals to take it literal. But it, it means that we come to Jesus without any makeup on. No Botox, no chin tucks, no hair removal, no hair implants. Openly, honestly, face to face, who we really are. Because that's who God loves. That's who Jesus died for. That's who he wants to engage with. That's who he's engaging with. When he engages with me, he's not engaging with the me I want to be. Or, or the me I want to present to you, or the me I want to present on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, he's, he's not engaging with the me I think God wants. He's engaging with me, who I really am. And he's engaging with you, who you really are, face to face. 
right when you wake up in the morning. That's the face that he's engaging with, with you and with me. Now, throughout the Bible, and especially in the conversation we look at today, what we're going to see, what we're going to find, is that Jesus wants this face-to-face interaction, and he does everything necessary to make it happen. And the real question, the real question comes to everyone, to those of us who've been in church our whole lives and can get stuck in church stuff instead of Jesus stuff, or folks who've never been to church. The question's the same. Do you really want a face-to-face relationship with Jesus? That's the ultimate question. That's the question that he really leaves with Nicodemus. As Jennifer was describing um, Nicodemus, he was actually a religious person, a religious leader, uh, an expert in the religious law of what you'd call a Pharisee. And and as, as Jennifer said, you know, the Pharisees, the people that he hung out with, they didn't really think Jesus was cool. As a matter of fact, eventually the Pharisees were the ones that assassinated him or helped to participate in that. And Nicodemus was one of them. And yet he's still intrigued by Jesus. So that, that's, that's the conversation. That's the encounter that we're going to see from, from one who, who is religious, probably ethical, probably has a good moral background, we assume. We don't, not for sure, but probably the, the case. But yet he's in a group of people, though, who don't think positively of Jesus. So how... Does that interaction go? Um, We'll look at that in John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 21. Before we look there, let's let's pray. Almighty God, uh, thank you for your written word. It speaks to us of your truth and um, the ways that we can encounter you. And uh, that you can reveal yourself to us. And we can experience you face to face. So help us to see you. Uh, help us to, to hear from you. Help, help us to apply what you're teaching um, to us uh, so that we would be a better representation of your face to the world. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, John 3, starting with verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. 
but you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the the first thing that I want you to see about Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus here is that Jesus is approachable. Jesus is approachable. Nick comes in, in the time and place that is most comfortable for him. And Jesus is fine with that. I mean, it seems, it's it's an interpretation, it's not clearly in the text, but Nicodemus is a Pharisee, he's with the group, he doesn't like Jesus, and yet he's he's intrigued by him, wants to find out. So, he comes at night. He he comes to, under the cloak of darkness, to find out a little more about Jesus. Um, and, uh, And Jesus is ready. Ready to engage with Nick at that time and place. A quick word to to the church, to those of you that are followers of Jesus. Then if we're followers of Jesus, we got to do the same. We've got to be approachable. As as a church, as as a group, as individuals, we've got to be approachable about folks asking about God, asking about Jesus. Yeah, we we want to be sure we're doing what we do in order to be approachable to the world outside of the church, just like Jesus. We let people come and engage when they want and, and how they want. That's why we do things like Alpha. Yeah, a way of, of providing um resource for, for folks that don't that are curious about Jesus, but and we try to do it speaking their language in ways they can engage. In, in their places where they're most comfortable. And even with, uh, with Corona. You know, let's, we'll do it on Zoom. That's why we have concerts and uh, we have outreach events where we put ourselves in, in places in, in the community. I mean, just recently we, we did a, uh, the outreach team put together a Valentine's concert that was to be played in all the, the nursing homes around. And most of the music was secular. It was done by and sponsored by the church, for, but as a gift of mercy, of, of love to the folks that, that have been so forced to stay in, by, inside and they haven't been able to go to concerts and haven't been able to go outside of their facilities and, and, and singing the music that would be more familiar to them. 
It's why when we, we do the work on the building, we talk about this a lot as we were redoing the building. We're not doing this for us. I love you. I care for each one of you deeply. But I don't care what your favorite color of the carpet is. I don't care what color you want to be painted. I want to know what color, what do we need to paint? What do we need to, what signs do we need to put up to help people who come in here for the first time? How can this place be the face of Jesus and be approachable to those outside of the church? Now, on the other hand, Jesus is uncompromising. He, he gives, he gives clearly, this is a spiritual reality, Nicodemus. There's no little box you can check off here. There's no new thing you can sort of add to your life. This is a do-over, a start-over. you got to be born again. There's a spiritual reality here. This is not just a physical reality. It's not just a a religious add-on. This is your whole life. And and Nicodemus, you can sort of tell he's squirming here. He's, He's asking questions to avoid the point. Yeah, well, what do you mean born again? How do I climb inside my mother's womb? Well, no, you understand what I'm saying. You, you gotta do this all over. This is a whole life kind of thing. That you give yourself to me, Jesus is saying, because, again, my interpretation, it's not in the text, but I think it's what he's saying in the whole story, because I'm giving myself to you. You to give yourself to me. The, the purpose of your life, the direction of your life, it's going to change. Because you're now going to follow me, not whatever you were following before. So, But Jesus was approachable. He let Nicodemus come to him in a way, in a place, in a time that was most convenient for him, for, for Nicodemus. And there he delivered his message and he was real, face to face with him. You also see here that Jesus is accessible. I mean, he recognizes this is going to be a hard teaching for Nicodemus. I mean, this is going to be a hard decision for him. I mean, because a, a lot of the things that a lot of the people that are around him, they don't like Jesus. A lot of the things that he some of the things that he's been that he's learned that he's been doing are going to have to be undone, be expanded. And that's hard for people, right? <laughs> To learn new things. Um, if you don't believe that, uh, I've seen it um, in, in you and in me as well. It's hard for us to learn new things. And yet that's what Jesus is going to do. So he, he recognizes that with Nicodemus. That God's going to do something new. And, and Nicodemus is going to have to change. But he wants to make this accessible. So what he does is then he tells a story, or at least references a story, that Nicodemus would have known. In verse 14, uh, Jesus tells the story about Moses. Hey, remember that story about Moses? Where, it's a, for, for you and I, and especially for people that have no real biblical um, uh, knowledge, it's like, that's a weird story about Moses. And he raises up the bronze of a snake, and everybody looks at the snake, and that's what heals them. That, that you know, doesn't make sense. But for Nicodemus, for that story, that would have been something he would have taught, that he would have studied, he would have known. And it would illustrate to Nicodemus the place of faith and trust 
independence, even when it's hard or even when it's weird. And, and this story with Moses is when he was leading the people out of the out of slavery into the promised land. And, and there were snakes that part of uh, that had come around that were biting them and killing them. And Moses lifts up. Uh, and God tells him, lift up this serpent of a snake, this, this bronze um, replica of one of these snakes, and you look to that and I will protect you. Seems sort of weird, but for us, as we look back at it, but it was a very meaningful story for Nicodemus and a meaningful story for the people because it demonstrated what faith meant. Trust God, follow him, he will lead you to life. So again, for us, church, followers of Jesus, we have to use stories that make Jesus real to other people. And the best way to do that, best way to do that is simply to share with others how Jesus is real to you. How have you encountered Jesus face to face? How has it made a difference in your life? And and make that part of your conversation. Just, just to share your life. I mean, if, if you're following Jesus, if Jesus is your life, then when you're sharing your life with others, you, you share. How has that been real for you? Whether it's your colleagues at work, whether it's your family, your friends, your boss, your workers, neighbors, enemies. Yeah. Be thinking about how you represent Jesus in an accessible way to others and the best way is simply to share how it's, how Jesus is real in your life. How how does He help you to deal with fear, pain, loss, grief? How does Jesus bring you joy? How does He bring you life? How does He bring you truth and comfort? And and if you're listening in uh, today in, in here or online um, uh, and, and you're like Nicodemus, you're just checking it out. I want you to know that, that Jesus wants to be accessible to your life. He wants to lead you in the way, the fullness of life, the real you, to the real life that God has for you. And I, I mean, for... For me, as I was reflecting on that, I mean, something, and something that's very real and very present. And that's the other thing. Um, there, there's a place for sharing our testimony of when we came to Christ, when we made the decision to follow Christ. And that's, real, that's good. But I think people are more interested today in how Jesus is real to you today. Not how it might have been 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. But how was it five days ago? Ten days ago? How has Jesus been real to you? Be, be thinking in that category and, and be putting those in the front of your mind so that you can be accessible to others. Well, for me, um, you know, we've had four funerals that are COVID-related since Christmas. I've done four funerals. And I got one this afternoon. And it's totally COVID. I mean, many of you knew Dennis. He was 67 years old. He was fine till he got COVID. It's hard to hold that kind of death and grief. And I don't know how. I would have quit if it weren't for Jesus. I would run for the hills. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of this. If it weren't for the hope 
of the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That what I believe and have experienced face-to-face relationship with Jesus, that He's the one that brings life, life eternal, life beyond what we see, life beyond what we can taste, what we can feel, to a spiritual reality that is grander even than this, and that one day we'll make all of this right again. If I didn't believe that was the story I was living And that what Jesus had taught us, then I'd be done. I'd be about me. More than I am. (laughs) But what's yours? What what what's the way? It doesn't have to be that grand. I mean those that it could be very simple stuff. But Jesus, Nicodemus, he's approachable, he is accessible. And as those that are his representatives, those that are part being formed according to being our face-to-face with him, we need to be the same with uh, the world. The other, the third thing that I see in Jesus here is that he is not anxious at all. I mean, he is the epitome of the non-anxious presence. And, and, and we see that, you know, the, the most famous verse that maybe even, you know, that almost, that a lot of people would have heard at some point in time is John 3.16. If you don't even know what it says, you've at least seen it at a football game. Um, or somewhere on the side of the road. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I mean, we forget that the reason that Jesus does this is because he loves you. He loves me. He loves creation. He, he, he has an affection. He has a commitment to doing what is best for you and me, even if it costs him his life. He, he's, he's not in a hurry in this conversation. He's not forcing it. He's not pressuring it. He's, he's just answering the questions directly and plainly in approachable, accessible ways for Nicodemus. And in stretching ways. But he is not anxious. And, and not angry at all here. I mean, he, his, his invitation is so open. It's so broad. We are liberal with the invitation to come check out Jesus. Anyone and everyone, come on. And that's how Jesus is here. Yeah, and you hear that over and over. And you, come to me, all who labor. Or heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. Whosoever believes in me. God bless you. His invitation is broad. But again... His teaching is clear, specific, focused, even exclusive. Come to me. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the resurrection. Come to me. He's clear there. He doesn't present a menu of options. Hey, try a little bit of this. See if that works for you. He gives himself face to face with you, with me, with whomever will come to him. And he then calls us again to this 
born-again life that he's the boss. He's the leader. He's the Lord. He's not an advisor. He's not a life coach. He's not like AAA that you can call in in time of of need. You can, but that's not what he's about. He's not just handing out his card to call him in time. He's like, no, you come to me. Give yourself fully to me, and I will lead you into life to the full today, tomorrow, and forever. I'll lead you into a face-to-face relationship with your Creator. Follow me. Obey me. Believe me. Now, it's not just believe that Jesus is real. Elsewhere in the Bible, um, the writers say, no, the devil believes that Jesus is real, but he's not interested in doing anything that he says. But Jesus said, come believe in me. Come trust in me with your whole life. Now, if you want to go your way, it's sort of what he says. If you want to go your way, go your way. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you, but know that that leads to destruction. Again, he's not angry, pressuring, or pushy, but he's clear and direct. Accessible, approachable, non-anxious. Now, there are times that Jesus does get angry. As you read, if you read more about him, man, he, he had a property damaging protest at church one Saturday. He, he said some direct, clear, harsh words to the church. I mean, it was to the religious leaders that he talked angrily to. It was to people like me that he'd get angry with. Because we weren't being approachable and accessible to those outside of the group. He, he didn't get angry at the world He got angry at the church then because they got angry at the world instead of loving the world like Jesus did. What Jesus desires for us as people, because we're face-to-face with Him, therefore we're face-to-face with the world in the same way Jesus was. Sacrificial love. Approachable, accessible, non-anxious presence. I mean, notice here, you know, Jesus doesn't give a sales pitch, high-pressured, close-the-deal kind of deal with Nicodemus. Nah, he gives him time. And if that's you, if you're, if you're uh, here, you're out, you're, whenever you might see this, and, and you're just checking Jesus out, you know, he allows you to do that in your time, in your place. Go your way to explore what it means to follow him. Now, what we find out with Nicodemus, there's two other times that John talks about him in chapter 7 and in chapter 19. And, and what happens with him later on in chapter 7, he's with the Pharisees, with his group, and they're plotting to kill him, to kill Jesus. And Nicodemus is saying, saying you know, let, let's think about Jesus. You know, really, what, what all has he done that's so wrong? He's trying to speak positively about Jesus in his group. And then, obviously, he's not successful. They, they do assassinate Jesus, hang him on a cross. And in John 19, Nicodemus is there with 75 pounds of spices to prepare Jesus' body for his death. So he's, he's come a long way from sneaking in the night to now carrying 75 pounds of spices and 
to, to Jesus' burial place. Now, we as a church, we want to be face-to-face with Jesus so that we can represent Him in the world like He wants us to. To be approachable, to be accessible, to be non-anxious. And so, as a a church, those of you that are part of this particular uh, church and committed to following Jesus, in these next five weeks, we're going to introduce the idea of us having goals together. Three simple goals along these lines. I'm not going to give you any uh, specific details today, but just generalities. You'll hear it. Um, you'll see it over the next several several weeks. But we, we want to have goals in three. Every, we're asking every person to participate. You do this anonymously. We just do this as a church. We, we know we need each other to, to do this well. And we have three goals. How are... What are, the, what are the goals for the next six months? Your goals for the next six months of inviting people to explore Jesus. Inviting people to events that the church puts on to explore Jesus or to, to do what Jesus would want us to do. Just invitations. The, the, next, the, the next goal, in the next six months, how many acts of service? How many ways of loving people outside of the church in the name of Jesus do you want to, to do? So invitations, acts of service. And then the the third, uh, what are your goals for developing your face-to-face relationship with Jesus? What what I've found for for me is that if I try to do Jesus on my power, you know, it it doesn't work. It it barely works that I do it in His power, but that's more my problem. But I've got to spend time with Jesus so that I'm formed by His face, so that my character is more formed by His to engage with the world. So th- those three things, invitations, acts of mercy, <clears throat> and um, just our own face-to-face relationship with Jesus. Again, you can be thinking along those lines and just planting seeds right now for the remainder of this, uh, for this Lenten season. Because we want to be doing the work that, that Jesus wants us to do. To, to better represent Jesus. To be a better representation of Jesus, of his accessibility, of, of his approachability, and of his non-anxious connection with others. We, we want to be that to our friends, to our parents, to our children, to our employees, to our bosses, to our neighbors, to our enemies. So that we can be that representation of Jesus that is approachable, accessible, a non-anxious, non-anxious lover of the world. Not a condemner. So Jesus said, He didn't come to condemn the world, He came to love the world. So that others may also know, trust, follow, and believe in Jesus with their whole lives, face to face. Amen.